Today's episode of Content Academy is brought to you by, once again, guys, Slippy's Wet Floor Signs. If you're looking for Slippies. a quality wet floor sign uh, for the workplace, for your restaurant, your business, whatever, uh, wherever you mop, wherever floors are mopped, Slippy's uh, is, is there. They got you covered. Um, of course, all... If you go for the classic uh, Slippy's wet floor sign, uh, the uh, classic edition, it has that um, what you're used to, the uh, slipping man illustration. Um, mm-hmm. The breakdancing guy. The breakdancing guy, also, yeah, also known as the breakdancing guy. It has that beautiful, just mm-hmm. kind of kind of piss yellow coloration on the sign. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of. I personally, I prefer the premium edition. Okay. Uh, which is the same, but the little slipping guy has a top hat on. See, there's also that option, too. <laughs> I, and, you know, something to mention also, no matter what tier of product you get, none of these signs will do that thing that I hate where you put the wet floor sign on the wet floor and it just pancakes. Like, Ooh, these are going to yeah. stay, they right. stay open. It's like, yeah. Yeah. They only like, the floor may so be slippery. Right, this yeah. is actually going to stay on your slippy this floor. Is a quality to warn other people. This is a quality design so that max unfolded state is like a upside down V. It doesn't just pancake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which of course, there's also the uh, the uh, storage mode where it's completely folded up flat. Um, so mm-hmm. you can take it on the go. There's that handle, of course, on the top. Um. I mean, I'm just honestly, honestly, you can't go wrong. I'm used to these, just these poorly made, uh, just these off-brand wet floor signs. I'm I experience yeah. at my work. Um, I'm I, done with them. I'm I just, work, I'm just, I work in I'm a, done with them. I work in a school, so when you get these these poor quality wet floor signs, you have, I mean, you have children falling down. Yeah. You know, breaking their ankle, breaking their wrist, mm-hmm. who knows what. Um, of course, if the uh, yellow slash green isn't the right kind of color, um, it's not visible enough. People don't see it. Um, oftentimes, if there isn't Spanish and French on the wet floor sign, um, people who speak different languages won't see it, and they will slip and fall. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got to have, like, one on one side – the slipping man is wearing a sombrero. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, another thing that um, Slippies is getting is the uh, the children at play sign, but the one where it's shaped like a little child holding a flag. Right. Right. Slow they children at play. Getting to that, uh, the slow children at play. Um, and sometimes the little ch- child has is like has the outline of a hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got the hat. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. So there is kind of that. I believe they are working on an. I believe they're working on an artisan series. They're calling it. Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) And those are. It's basically the same, except it's made out of pure mahogany. See, perfect. You know, I have seen like the. I've seen. I've seen the uh, the. um, The demo versions of those. Very nice. The mock-ups. Yeah, like the little. The hinge at the top interlocking it's this nice like you see both tones of the wood and <laughs> yeah, stuff. yeah yeah and the the slipping man is like uh that laser 
engraving. Laser yes. engraving. Very nice. Of course, and it's, no, it's yeah. a Times, Times New Roman font. Also. Yeah, you got a clean, a clean Times New Roman with uh, excellent kerning. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. There's absolutely no, none of this dangerous hardware on the uh, sign. All of the, like the hinge is just interlocking wooden pieces. Um, almost kind of like a Lincoln Lincoln Logs type situation. Yeah, uh, this will make you want to mop your floors to show off exactly your yeah, sign. Exactly. So really, yeah. it's just like yeah. encouraging a environment of cleanliness. And honestly, uh, we we are very committed to just kind of telling the truth on this podcast, guys. We're not gonna bullshit you. We know that more often than not, the floor will be dry within five ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't wonder why the sign was ever there. Um, and personally, for me, it's like I always thought the point of mopping the floor was to mop up all the water. Yeah. So I don't know why people keep leaving the water. Like it's the, like it's like they're leaving the job half done. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. Wait a second. No, no. It's because y'all weren't taught how to mop properly. Like I was at a very young age, okay. young impressionable okay, age. So we we properly is okay. So first you have to mop. You have to use clean water, and preferably you get one of those right. buckets that has two compartments. One where you squeeze the mop and it goes into a section before the dirty water, and then you dip in the clean water. Right. Okay. You mop, correct, with clean water, wring out the mop in the dirty section, and then when you're done, completely wring out the mop, or if available, get a completely dry mop and you dry it. And then you put the slippy yes. slip forth right on that top, just in case, and also to let people know that you've cleaned it. Exactly. See, you're we welcome. need to teach Josh okay. because he hasn't worked Thank in you. fast food before. Well, now hang on a second because I used to mop uh, at my first at one job. I mopped a lot. I mopped Sears, almost every night. Mop. So, I no, I have vintage stock. Oh, that's like carpeted though, right? We had. To... <laughs> It is mostly carpeted, but there is a section around the middle island that is not carpeted. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Okay. And and like the entryway. I see. So yeah, I I don't I don't take kindly to your mop splaining. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I would mop multiple times a day for years. Horrible kitchen conditions. Well, whatever. I'm. I'm sure everyone appreciates us riffing on mopping and wet floor signs for 20 minutes. This is why people tune in, but Um, but let's keep going. (laughs) I think they should make, I think they should make a dry floor sign. (laughs) This floor is now dry. (laughs) You know, we'll suggest that to Slippy. We, you know, we're in their ear. We really are. Uh, Yeah. The thing you have to keep in mind is the real dry floor sign is the absence of the wet floor sign. <laughs> There's your sign. I mean, what, are you going to just yeah. leave dry floor signs everywhere where there's <laughs> absolutely no moisture on the floor? Okay, at this point, I think we should just stop here. This will all be Patreon content. And then yeah, let's just okay. now okay. record a very small Slippy's wet floor sign ad and then we'll go okay right? I like that i do want to let you guys in on a little secret something that uh we do over here uh kind of ex- as an alternative to mopping the floor i'm gonna turn my video mm-hmm. off because it's being weird okay 
It's giving me a seizure. So, you know, I mean, you have your your typical kitchen sink, uh, we'll call it appliances. Mm -hmm. You have the cold knob, typically on the right, sometimes on the <laughs> left. You have the hot knob, and then you have, of course, the faucet. And more often than not, you will have a uh, sort of like a handheld attachment mm -hmm. where you pull it out. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Sometimes we just spray that on the floor. The kitchen floor. <laughs> I mean, it gets the job done. Also, using it to fill up the cat's water bowl that's like five feet away. Ooh, yeah. Um, so there's kind nice. of that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Versatile. Yeah. So that's kind of all I had about that. Okay. <laughs> well, it's Tuesday again. That means hey. it's time to get the content crew back together for about another hour of uh, it's going to be the last episode in our myth series on mythology. This week we'll be talking about uh, kind of mythology found in the Bible, Christian mythology. Um, Due to Christianity. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Before we get to that, uh, kind of all three of us are going to talk about that, actually. Mm -hmm. Let's kind of talk about some some news that happened this week. Quite the busy news week. Okay. Also, what is up, everyone? Oh yes, I'm sorry. We got Josh and Georgia here. What's up? Hey. Um, of course, kind of the low hanging fruit is to talk about the Battle of Josh. <laughs> yes. Um, Josh, were you there? You did not make it. I did not make it to the Battle of Josh. Okay. Well. So I will be changing my name, I guess. <laughs> Any ideas? Any suggestions? I wonder if there's like a go-to that everybody who lost is changing their name to, like John or something. <laughs> like Jonathan. That would, yeah, yeah. that would defeat the purpose, and they don't have to fight again. I think I think uh, Caleb is basically equivalent to Josh. Ew, no it's not. Uh, honestly, after Ew. the initial uh, kind of shock value of that, I honestly could, I could see that. No, I can't. I'll, I feel like a lot of people think Kyle is a Josh equivalent. Kyle has yeah. a negative connotation I, from the Area 51 raid. <laughs> right. Kyle's were the, were the rock throwers, correct? Well, they used, they got the monster energy during or the, were they the storm in. Oh, okay, yeah. Gotcha. Well, who so. were the Naruto runners? <laughs> I don't know. Did they get a name? I, don't, they, I think they were just know. Naruto runners. <laughs> they were just Naruto runners. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Oh, you go by your middle name. Nobody has that. It's true. That's true. Well, anyway, so that's kind of the Battle of Josh. Uh, thought it was worth mentioning. Um, right off, right off the bat, we're gonna start with one. Um, last week. We kind of had a fan favorite headline that uh, Brittany actually helped write. So this week, right, we yeah. start off strong. We got another Brittany headline right here. Okay. Um, NASA NASA has successfully flown a helicopter on Mars. NASA also unsuccessfully tried to lick their elbow. <laughs> Can't solve that one I, yet. They're huh? working on that. I mean, it's <laughs> even a team of NASA scientists. A team of NASA scientists are trying to lick their elbow, and they are unable to do so. There's well, there's two ways to go about it, right? 
you can either lengthen your tongue uh-huh. or shorten your arm. It's true, yeah. I'm in the camp of just, gonna be. just lengthen the tongue. Yeah. Or maybe kind mm-hmm. of inventing some kind of portal gun mechanism in order to, like, distort yeah. space and time. Yeah. I think if you dislocate your shoulder, you might be able to do it. Yeah. The portal gun would probably be the easiest way of doing it. <laughs> like, the only possible way? Probably the funnest, also, yeah, I would argue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, moving right along here. Um, it's kind of all downhill from here. The rest of these were just written by me, so... Uh, 15 French volunteers have left a cave after participating in an experiment for 40 days without daylights or clocks. So the experiment was living in a cave for 40 days without daylights or daylight or clocks. Getting tortured is the experiment. Yeah, sources say that. What was that proving? What? What was that proving? What? I think it's just the effects of the 15 volunteers. I don't know. Not huh, knowing, okay. Not knowing. So they all have PTSD now. I I don't know. Well, they were volunteers, so surely you can't get PTSD if you volunteer for something. <laughs> yeah. uh, sources say that when they exited the cave, they were wondering if it was a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Right, isn't that the worst? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. That no matter you how many days you go without a clock, that you, you never know. A whole day thinking it's a Wednesday thinking that tomorrow's Thursday, so it's basically Friday already. Right. And right. You, you find out it's only a Tuesday, and your week gets thrown out of whack. Yeah. Uh, moving right along here, a suspected poacher has been killed by elephants at a South African national park. Did you guys hear about this? Table's I did good. hear uh, When reached for a comment, the elephants did that thing where they all grab each other's tails and form a long chain of elephants. Uh-huh. So the ele- yeah, kind of cute. Yeah. Um, Everybody forgave them. Yeah. After that, the USDA oh. has extended free school lunches. They, for all they forgave them, but but the elephants didn't forget. Sorry. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Sorry. The USDA has extended free school lunches for all students to June of 2022. They have also uh-huh. extended school lunches tasting bad to June of 2022. <laughs> so, you can't be free and taste good. Yeah. Well, honestly, they never really tasted good. Uh, although I guess it kind of depends on what what it is for lunch. Yeah. I all my the friends that I knew spoke pretty highly of school lunches. Hmm, okay. Yeah, our school in the bed. Chicken patty day. Yeah, I never I never had a school lunch. Hmm. Yeah, I did every once in a while. Chicken patty day. Get those yeah. awesome rolls. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you do the thing where you were a psychopath and you put the chicken patty between the two rolls and put the mashed potatoes in there too? Yeah. <laughs> you did that? Because that I great. think yeah. everybody else yeah. that did that is in prison right now. Mm-hmm. No. That's, just, uh, that's like a riff on Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. You can put it all on a roll. Okay. I'm just saying, look out, Georgia, because they might be coming out for you. <laughs> Okay. After thirty nine accidents, after thirty nine accidents, guys, Peloton refuses to recall its Tread Plus model treadmill. When reached for a comment, Peloton CEO John Foley put headphones in and broke into a light jog. (laughs) (laughs) On the treadmill? I don't. I mean, you'd think if it was on the treadmill, they'd be able to catch up to him and get. 
you know, some kind of safety. <laughs> but I mean, tr- being on a treadmill is good practice for running off of a treadmill. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. A new report says that Honda, this is pretty interesting. A new report says that Honda will phase out gas powered cars by 2040. No word on when they'll stop making them though. That one I, um, I could have. It's more journalist speak. Phasing yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No word or, on when they'll you, stop. In other words, that yeah, they're making a foray into electric cars. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. It's like they're still going to make them past 2040. They're just phasing them out. <laughs> like, peop- they'll still be made and people will be able to buy them. But they're just phasing them out. <laughs> a purple... Now, this one's a little experimental, so you'll have to see. Okay. A purple iPhone is now available for pre-order. Did you guys hear about this? Mm-hmm. However, purple doesn't actually exist because purple is what your brain tells you you're seeing when the eye perceives both blue and red light at the same time. Apple has yet to comment on this. <laughs> okay. Kind of a little, kind of a little wordy. It really made oh, me think brain. about, you know, it, it makes me think about, you know, like what colors are really like, and is the color that I perceive as blue, is that the same color that you perceive as blue? Yeah, so you could be you like, you perceive as blue, would that be red to me? So the purple iPhone could be like, I don't know, a black iPhone to somebody else. Right. And that's really not all that special. I mean, I think most iPhones have been black. Side fact, kind of unrelated. Some languages only have color have words for the colors black red and white really yeah how would you say the other colors uh oftentimes it's like um those colors are found in nature so they'll just say the the name of the thing like Mm, like 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 an orange right yeah like an orange is you know orange so that kind of thing. So, like, instead of saying this shirt is green, it'd be something along the lines of, like, this shirt is, is like a weed. It's green. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's, very, it's a really, it's, okay. there's some neat studies on it, um, like, this evolution of, or progression of so why wouldn't when, like, just acquire words. They already have that. Like, it's already they have some built in. Already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they may arise later, but Let's it's see. fine now. Let's see. Okay, got a few more things to talk about here. Um, mm-hmm. The Apple TV remote will not have an accelerometer or a gyroscope. It also has a sleek new ultra-small design, ensuring it will get lost easier. I thought you were just going to say the new <laughs> the new remote just doesn't have any buttons. I could see that, honestly. Yeah, I and I would have been like, yeah. I mean, I think they already aren't buttons. Uh, I think it's kind of like on your iPhone, how the button isn't a real button. So it's a screen. It's like a touch thing. Touch I don't know. screen. Um, but for a long time, they had like a gyroscope so that you could use it as like a controller to play the games that are on that. Like iPhone. a Wiimote. That yeah. would be cool. Well, it was cool because they had that for a long time. <laughs> now it's not. There's like the Apple Arcade. You guys know about Apple Arcade? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's on Apple TV too, but mm-hmm. uh, I guess it wasn't cost effective for them anymore to incorporate the accelerometer or the gyroscope. Now I know that with an Apple TV, the newer ones, 
you can use like a, a dual shot controller or like an Xbox controller, which is pretty cool. Uh, let's see here. A new report from Consumer Reports warns that Teslas can easily run without a driver. Sweet. That's why I want to buy one. <laughs> yeah. Like, isn't that the whole point? Warning? Yeah. One of them, I guess. Come on. Uh, last one here. <clears throat> a new report says that an upcoming Google feature in beta testing. Uh, so, Josh, kind of look out for this because you got a Google phone. Ooh, okay. Uh, a new Google Listening. feature in beta testing will allow you to utilize voice commands without saying, hey, Google. According to the, the according Whoa. to the report, I know, right? Listen to this. According to the, report, the feature will allow you to use a series of simple tap and swipe gestures on your phone screen, easily selecting the <laughs> options you want without needing to use your voice. <laughs> um, okay. So that's like instead of saying, "Hey Google, open," I don't know, Apple Music or I'm sorry, Google Music. You would just you would simply you know, tap on your phone screen the icon that says Google Music. And you don't have to worry about this saying, hey, Google, worry about it, you know, <laughs> activating that whole thing. So it's kind of like a, it's a, it's a way to utilize voice commands without saying, hey, Google. Nice. But it's a series of simple tap and swipe gestures. So now... That begs the question, Josh, could you ever see yourself using something like this? Um, it's tough to say. I mean, I do find myself accidentally saying, hey, Google a lot. Oh, yeah. Like right now. Yeah, yeah. And when I just said that, about six different devices in my home all lit up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that is annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Having to use my fingers, though... I don't know. Kind I don't of, know if I like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're gonna put in all if that, if they effort, if they could have some kind of system where it just reads your mind, I think that would be ideal. That'd be the easiest. Yeah. I yeah. could just I could just lie on my back, think, uh, you know, think to myself, yeah. "Hey Google, play uh, "Positions" by Ariana Grande." <laughs> And then it would do it. Now, now, just to kind of push your envelope here a little bit. Would... And just to kind of prove my point, uh, my Google thing is trying to play that right now. Oh, okay. Now, in that situation, would would you not just fall asleep? I mean, you're laying on your back. Uh, well, I'm assuming there's probably some kind of system in that mind reading thing to like prevent you from falling asleep. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. <laughs> Now, they or, would probably need to have to put in an implant in your mind that yeah. just makes it impossible to sleep anymore. <laughs> you kind of have to like, yeah. you kind of. There's probably like a little button or a switch on the back of your head that you have to like <laughs> uh, flip to go into what they call sleep mode. <laughs> yeah. Now this could, I mean, honestly, and you also have to like fall asleep next to a little robot arm and set a timer on the robot <laughs> yeah. arm so that it will flip yeah. the switch back into yeah. the on. Position. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I, honestly, a majority of the time I sleep on my left side, so I don't okay. think that that would that's going to be an issue, issue because oh, or it would be a bigger issue. I think it would be a bigger issue because they're gonna want to put that uh, brain implant in your in your left side 
Oh, I see. Because you're the left side of your brain. That's kind of the analytical that's like the, part. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's the part that like controls devices and stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. They've proven it. Yeah. Well, they they like it, they like took out the left part of someone's brain and they just couldn't. They use could only anymore. like draw pictures or something. Yeah. They could, yeah, something like that. Okay, well that's all. That's it for news this week. Um, so now okay. we're just kind of get it, gonna get into a discussion about. We talked about several different kinds of mythologies over the past few months. Um, of course, we've talked about typical household names, ranging from the typical household names to more obscure, obscure mm-hmm. ones. Um, from Thor to Finn McCool. Exactly. Yeah. So now we're kind <laughs> of talking about perhaps the most household, the most household ones of all. Uh, Christian mythology doesn't really have a pantheon. In North America. Like, that's true. Doesn't really have a pantheon like the other ones do. Um, or does it? Of course, you we'll have see. one person or one Hang in there. deity or we'll whatever. See. Um. Well, this is really this the first one we've looked like looked at that is uh, uh, monotheistic. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, kind of your difference there. So that doesn't mean we don't have other entities to talk about within the uh, within the theology. That's true. We'll talk about entities. So we can, oh, yeah. we kind of divided it up between the three of us. We each three have a few different things to talk about. Um, I'll just go ahead and go first. Um, Take it away. Chronological. Something that we, uh, something that we were kind of interested in, lear- in learning about was, uh, I mean, the Bible talks about a lot of really, really crazy stuff. Um, among among those things are, obviously, you have your typical um, stories about animals that we're used to. Of course, there's Noah's Ark where. You have every animal you can imagine that uh, you would see in real life. But there exist parts of the Bible that talk about kind of mythical creatures. And we yes. were kind of interested to dive into that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there are indeed examples of uh, names of these mythical animals being found within the Bible. Uh, I'm talking about kind of ex- ex- such exotic creatures like dragons uh something called a leviathan yes mm-hmm. honestly be a few different things um mm-hmm. unicorns actually uh and other kind of other exotic creatures written in the older scriptures um and these are stories written by people i mean characters in the bible like moses um isaiah ezekiel there was a guy named actually named job um, which isn't kind of a name that you're used to even is he related to steve no uh for the record it is honestly yeah um i don't think i don't think that's right it's spelled j-o-b yeah Yeah, it's gotta be job um and even this even the apostle john wrote about um these mythical agree to disagree uh, now, are these are these uh, names found within this this Bible just examples of 
parts of the book that have been translated wrong over the years? Uh, or is it possible that some of these references to these mythical creatures are actually mentioning animals that these people just saw back then that maybe no longer exists right now? Um, uh, and the truth is that, I mean, obviously we don't know. Um Obviously. All right, case closed. <laughs> You're kind of looking at biblical cryptozoology in a sense. Yeah, I mean, with this, you can kind of go as deep as you want. Uh, with the Bible, people, I mean, people interpret it in so many different ways. Uh, you can always point to this was translated this way because of this. Uh, so we don't know if a... Um, leviathan was talking about i mean it could be a, a dragon or it could just be a whale or it could be an alligator or something yeah um mm -hmm. because who knows by the time it reaches english and we read it um leviathan could have been translated from creature or beast or uh a word that the word dragon but maybe the word dragon in this language means just giant beast or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and some of these examples, it's worthy. To, it's worth noting that um, obvious, obviously uh, the Bible references angels, things like that. And people, yes. don't, people don't think of angels as necessarily real. Um, so some of these um biblical references of mythological creatures are kind of meant to be more of a supernatural thing as opposed to just an animal or a beast that you would see mm -hmm. um, many uh, kind of biblical scholars believe that any uh, most all examples of these mythical creatures being name dropped in the bible exist because of errors in translation trying to so, match so not aliens no not aliens at all <laughs> trying to match, uh, trying okay. to match hebrew words and phrases to their closest equivalent in english um so that's what the aliens want you to think that's a good point too yeah so yeah <laughs> most uh modern translations of of the Bible attempt to correct these errors. Um, obviously, if somebody sees that the, the Bible says something about a dragon, they'll think that, oh, there was, they actually mean dragon. Uh, <laughs> right, so, I think in the newest translations, they just they just replace it with, like, uh, T-Rex. Yeah, something kind of easier. Something like accurate, yeah, exactly. you know. Yeah. Well, this is the issue with, with uh, biblical translations and interpretations is do you take it literally or figuratively yeah and i mean there are entirely different um mm -hmm. sects of christianity based upon that question mm -hmm. which different parts do you take literally which parts do you take figuratively do you take it all literally um evidence does suggest at least according to biblical scholars that the mythical beasts referred to in these scriptures are actually real um so for example there's this book um and this uh this book has a very great title it's called the biblical basis for modern science 
um, mm -hmm. he, uh, the author of this says that um, that uh, something along the lines of like the Bible references 160 different animals by name and uh, and uh, they're all intended as real animals so like there's a, something about a behemoth, dragons, leviathan, of course. Um, so some people say that that uh, these creatures exist exactly as the Bible describes them. Um, so in in the minds of these scholars, they were real animals, but they were just extinct, just like how a, I mean, a woolly mammoth would be extinct. Right. Disclaimer, I kind of have Ice Age on the brain. Um, <laughs> so I watched one of the Ice Age movies the other day. <laughs> Why? Why would you do that? Well, the only one worth watching is the first one. Honestly? honestly Maybe I, the second one. Honestly. But... I like them all. I like all the Ice Age movies. <laughs> all of them. I like them There's all. like seven, aren't there? there I mean, are... we're getting into Shrek territory is, with the Ice Age movies. Um, Shrek isn't blue sky, is it? No, but I'm saying like there are like what eight different Shrek movies and spinoffs. Yeah, well, for Ice Age, and this kind of ties in, so I don't mind talking about it. Um, you have Ice Age, you have Ice Age, um, the Meltdown, which involves kind of, at least compared to the later films in the series, kind of a a uh, story of a more narrow scope. Uh, simply their place where they're living the glaciers around it are just going to melt so they have to move basically mm -hmm. so it's um so there's that one for ice age number three they kind of upped the ante a little bit introduced some dinosaur characters so that one is called ice age dawn of the dinosaurs and right um so that in that now the lore of this series is actually quite interesting and this is something that we'll get to later <laughs> when we talk about the fifth film in the series which is the latest um so underneath the Ice Age kind of portrayal of Earth, and uh -huh. keep in mind that the first Ice Age movie did uh, it did have humans. humans in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so the Ice Age film series kind of follows this hollow Earth um, hypothesis. Oh! So the dinosaurs exist within uh, kind of a, a hollow space of the Earth. Uh, where there's this dinosaur paradise, and it has that's similar to the Godzilla vs. Kong. Versus I don't Kong. know if you guys exactly. watched that. Exactly. To bring that up, actually, exactly. you have to go into the center of the Earth and then don't let the gravity reversal rip you apart. But when you get inside, it's like mm -hmm. paradise. Yeah, I so, don't know how there's a sun down there. That's something that they left unexplained. But that's for another. <laughs> yeah. that's for another show, you guys. If you want to log into our Patreon content, exactly. I'll go on for about an hour about Godzilla versus Kong. Exactly. Just get a give a little plug there, Alex. Yeah. You can go ahead and take it away with the whole Ice Age. So yeah, kind of going building. back to the Ice Age thing. Um, Ice Age Four. I'm sure this ties kind of in somehow. But it go does, ahead. believe me. Okay. Um, Ice Age Four is kind of an interesting uh, departure for the series in that. They don't really, uh, the dinosaurs aren't really a big focal point. Uh, they just kind of leave them be in this, in this kind of hollow earth. Um, and, uh, they actually, the focus of the fourth one, it's called Ice Age Continental Drift for the layman who has, 
uh, who's <laughs> yet to discover the uh, Ice Age franchise. Uh, Ice Age Continental Drift involves pirates. So there is actually um, the villain what? in Ice Age Continental Drift is actually a, a kind of like a Yeti Bigfoot Gigantopithecus type character. He's a pirate. And um, so there's like pirates on these ships made of ice, basically. They're non human cool. pirates. Pretty cool, yeah. No humans. Only the first movie incorporates <laughs> humans. This is just everywhere. And then, of course, <laughs> tying it all together, the one that I most recently watched, Ice Age Collision Course. Um, now, the name, of course, has uh, bleak connotations for th- for our characters, you know, often referred to as the herd. Um, uh, Ice Age Collision Course actually involves UFOs and aliens and a giant asteroid. Uh, threatening the herd's way of life. Another asteroid? It is... uh, Well, okay. So, yes. The Ice Age timeline, um, it takes place... I mean, the Ice Age is long after the dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it actually factors into the story of the movie because they find out that... Okay, I'm just going to spoil it for you. I hope you don't mind. Um, They learn in the movie that uh, the asteroids like the big impacts fall like in the same place every single time so they have to like travel to the the crater like the uh what was the dinosaur one called that landed in mexico something um, oh i even did a report on that and i can't remember but something. yeah i don't know but they have to it's, it's in the yucatan but yeah yeah something i think and they actually have to uh they have to it's like the asteroids are magnetic or something so they have to put like I don't know, something. But um, they divert the asteroid. They, like, launch something out of a volcano, out of a volcano, and then, and then divert The Chicxulub Crater. Yeah, the Chicxulub Crater. In the Yucatan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Chicks Club. Yeah. Exactly. There it is. Sorry, I'm going to for probably 10 minutes of that. Can you just go over that again? Okay, so the first Ice Age is actually the only one that involves humans. So yeah, after okay. that. Oh, who's voicing the animals, then? <laughs> that's a good point and also guys there's uh gonna there's an ice age coming out in 2022 there is what's it called oh is adventures that... of buck wild okay yeah so it's like a spinoff on disney plus i think so the series is not completely dormant <laughs> it's not completely dead it is dormant i would say um unlike the woolly mammoths which lie dormant in those the are frozen extinct yeah background whatever yeah uh so just kind of going back to um mythical animals found in the bible uh i'm gonna be honest the trail kind of runs cold there um people go back and forth obviously the kind of people who believe that i don't know you know the earth is 2000 years old have no trouble believing that dragons and unicorns uh once roamed the earth right um obviously if a dragon existed it would have to uh evolve from some kind of some kind of bug so that it has six limbs um so okay 
what are you saying okay for, Georgia? Dragons have four legs and two wings. It really depends on what your image of a dragon is. Oh, so about, we're oh are you talking wyvern. about a wyvern? A wyvern. Yeah, I mean, that is still <laughs> acceptable as a dragon. Hang on, let me pull out my dragonology different. All wyverns are dragons, not all dragons are wyverns, okay? That's a good point. What about worms? <laughs> So that could just be a Yeah, that could just be a That's the kind of Chinese dragon depiction where it's like a serpent. Yeah. Okay. So, honestly, if you're looking for kind of a satisfying conclusion of these references of mythical creatures found in the Bible, like I said, there isn't, there is not really one. Other than, I guess, Ice Age? Yeah. Ice Age does Ice Age does kind of factor in if you are looking for that um kind of satisfying conclusion, uh you honestly will not find it in the Ice Age franchise because they were planning a sixth installment, but Blue Sky Studios shut down when Disney bought Fox Searchlight Pictures. So Oh, okay. So So that's kind of all that I've got. Okay. Great stuff, Alex. Uh, I'm just going to kind of take over here. Um, so I did a little bit of research mm -hmm. into early Christian sects. Uh, not okay. sex. Okay. Okay. Surprised for a second. Um, I was like, oh, look, okay. Well, I was not weird. Uh, I have to be married okay. first. What, Alex? I was going to say, don't you have to be married first? <laughs> yes, that is kind of a big thing for them. Okay. Uh, with the exception of, well, I don't know. In particular, I researched uh, Gnosticism and mm -hmm. the Gnostic beliefs. So Gnosticism, spelled with a G at the beginning, mm -hmm. uh, it is a collection of early religious ideas and sects that arose out of early Christianity. It's not its own religion but it's kind of a trend among different religious uh, practices. Yeah. Now, how is this different from Gnosticism? Which is, of course, a religion regarding gnomes. Gnosticism? Uh, well, I've, gnosticism didn't, didn't really come into its own until um, Nomeo, Nomeo and, and Juliet. Nomeo and Juliet. That's right. And its sequel, Sherlock Gnomes. Sherlock Gnomes. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's I like did notice I was watching. Really? Yeah, Sherlock Gnomes. Yeah. Because it it fulfills and completes Gnomeo and Juliet. Exactly. Uh, so. I did notice I was watching the new Mortal Kombat movie, and I noticed kind of a shout out to Gnomeo and Juliet when oh, one of no the characters way. stabs another character in the eye with a gnome, with a garden gnome. Oh wow! So that was good to see. Okay. Um, but if we could just circle back to Gnosticism, okay. right? Um, that is, um, it's you know, it's a trend in religious beliefs in the first century, you know, early Christianity. So they emphasize personal spiritual knowledge, which gnosis in Greek means knowledge. Uh, they emphasize personal spiritual knowledge over the traditions and authority of the church and the church leaders at the time. So many, so the reason we know about a lot of these uh, Gnostic uh, sects is because they were discovered in 1945 
in Egypt in a town called Nag Hammadi, and they were sealed in a jar. These thirty or so texts, leather leather bound texts in a sealed jar. Mm. I thought that was kind of cool that we only discovered a lot of these so recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had known people had known that they existed, but they didn't have a lot of the texts, and still a lot of these they only have bits and pieces like there's missing pages and stuff or they only know yeah. know about the text from quotations in other texts so it'll be like a page where it's like and then he saw and then job saw a bunch of unicorns more on the next page and then the next yeah page over they right right over kind of yeah yeah uh let's see okay so the exact origins of gnosticism are unknown but they likely grew out of early Christian and Jewish sects. Uh, they borrowed a lot of concepts from other religions and beliefs like Platonism, uh, which focused on you know reality and existence and the essence of things. You had like the Platonic ideal, mm-hmm. like there's a Platonic ideal chair, and all of our earthly chairs are just pale imitations of it. Gnosticism kind of deals with similar subjects where it's kind of the difference between the earthly physical realm and the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. Um, they Some argue that Gnostics also borrowed from the Buddhists with the concept of enlightenment or divine knowledge. Because a lot of Gnosticism focuses on that's finding that secret knowledge that will let you yeah. um, ascend into the spiritual realm. They, they were different from Christians in a lot of ways. They tended to deny the humanity of Jesus completely. They believed he was fully just hmm. a god. No, he was just like in the form of a man, not an actual human. Mm-hmm. And I don't really blame them for that because it is a confusing concept of being fully God and fully man, which, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. And it, they kind of just lean into that. So, uh They believed that the material world was flawed and fake and should be left behind, and salvation could only be obtained through secret knowledge gained by personal experiences of the divine and not by just accepting God's forgiveness, like Christians believe. So they thought it was the Matrix? They really did. They thought that the world was the Matrix. Uh We're living in a simulation. You had to to follow the rabbit hole and red pill yourself. Uh Uh Um. And they had a really cool creation myth, uh, which I want to kind of get into. Um, And you might kind of see some similarities here with uh, Roman creation myths and kind of other other religions. So they believe that in the beginning, there was a primal being called Bythos, who by the emanation of his light gave rise to 30 paired beings called the Eons. Together, these beings represent the pleroma, which means the totality of God's powers. So these were 30 aspects or attributes or manifestations of bythos, of God. The the transition from the... So all that is immaterial and spiritual realm stuff. But the transition from that to the material world is brought about by the sin or flaw of the lowest of the eons, who is named Sophia, and she represents knowledge, and she is the divine pair of Jesus. 
So she was Jesus's wife, essentially. Mm -hmm. Sophia desires to know the unknowable. And in doing so, she creates a being separate from the Pleroma called the Demiurge. And this causes her to fall from the Pleroma. And this is where it gets really crazy. So the Demiurge, also called Yaldabaoth, Samael, Satan, and Yahweh, does not perceive the eons, his mother, or anything else. He just thinks he's by himself. And he creates the, the physical universe and humanity. So basically, that's the Old Testament God. Yeah. And he is kind of his own thing to the, to the, to the Gnostics. That sounds like, okay, so their uh, creation myth was written by Ridley Scott, is what I'm picking up. Dude, that actually sucks. If Ridley Scott was going to make a creation myth, this is just 100% pure Ridley Scott. It really is. Pretty much. So, the de- and the Demiurge, he, um, he, he is totally oblivious to, you know, the higher gods. Mm-hmm. It goes against them. But I thought it was really interesting how he kind of merges the idea of Satan and Yahweh. That is Because he is, you know, and they do go into like how the Old Testament law and the Old Testament characterization of God is like angry and all about following the rules to the letter and doesn't really show mm-hmm. mercy at all. Um, Just, what is that like? Yeah. Uh, lawful neutral, almost. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's not almost lawful um, evil. It's more just like rules for the like sake of the happy bulk as the rules. Isn't that lawful? Yeah. Neutral? I, I mean, well, good. Honestly, I think right? if you ca- if you factor in that he created the laws, then I, then mm-hmm. you could say it's lawful evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I have to look at one of those books again. Thing. Yeah, but continue. (laughs) So anyway, Jesus is sent to return Sophia to the Pleroma, and then he's sent to Earth to give men the divine knowledge, Gnosis, to return to the spiritual world. And in this system, as I said before, Jesus is fully divine and not human, merely appearing in human form. And to to the Gnostics, the idea that a divine being could, you know, bleed or have human emotions or poop is blasphemous to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and one other thing that I thought was interesting is in one, in one text, one Gnostic text, the serpent in the Garden of Eden is actually a hero sent by Sophia to guide mankind toward enlightenment. So they kind of take a very Trope radical, in, hmm. yeah, they take a radical before, yeah. interpretation of the yeah. Old Testament. Yeah, they're like, well, well, yeah, the Old Testament God kind of sucked, and the physical yeah. world kind of sucks. But we have this Jesus guy and this Paul guy who are pretty cool. So how do we kind of reconcile that? Uh-huh. And a lot of this, a lot of these um, new ideas kind of forced the conventional church leaders to get their shit together and say, you know, this is what this is what actual Christianity is, and all this stuff is heresy. And it forced them to codify a certain group of texts, you know, mm-hmm. into the Bible that we think of today. Yeah. So, but I thought that was just, um, I had never read about any of that stuff before. That's All crazy. of that is pretty suppressed by, I think, mainstream Christianity. 
Um, yeah. There's no one, I don't think, really that believes this any of this stuff today. That's gonna be my next Christianity question. Christianity has taken over. Yeah. Yeah. If there are any Gnostics still around, but yeah. do you feel like this is more of an HBO Max original or like Hulu original? Yeah. I don't think Apple TV would get it, and I think it seems maybe a little out of touch for Netflix. I think I think Prime, it's HBO. Actually. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it's a little too Prime. crazy for HBO Max. Have you seen um, my? I haven't seen that. I heard it's pretty crazy. crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, but good. But yeah, I think Amazon Prime. Yeah. Hmm. Kind of a everybody Scott, if you're out there, take take notes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it kind of reminds me of some stuff from like Prometheus. Exactly. I was picking up Prometheus and uh, Raised by Wolves. Like once you see it, you'll be like, yeah, of course. Mm. But yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. So that's that's all the stuff I had. All right. Well, I'll take it from here then. And I also want to mention, I like how we're doing this in three parts because a recurring theme that we have is tripartite, (laughs) you know, triple entities. So we're just carrying that through. So so that's good. And that kind of ties in with that puzzle later. Oh, okay. I was going to say also you have the physical, the mental, and the spiritual, which is a big thing in Gnosticism. It's always in threes, man. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. how, like, uh, uh, when you're doing like a comedy bit or like any kind of, like in a show, for example, Rule you want to do something three times. Yeah, real thirds. Real thirds when like yeah. making a composition and a frame. It's always three things. Just mm-hmm. our brains and, like three. And, and if we could kind of tie it back to Alex's thing, um, in Ice Age, you have the woolly mammoth and you have. The sloth and Sid. the uh, that's true Diego and the tiger the saber tooth saber tooth and yeah. I see so that's kind of their own rule of threes. Yeah. So, so Any thoughts on that, Alec? That's their own trinity. That's yes. The mm-hmm. I, there exists the ice age. Alex trinity. doesn't have any thoughts on it. We may have lost Alex. <laughs> we may have lost Alex. Can you hear Dang me? it! Somebody get Alex back. Can you hear me? Okay, now it's back. Can you hear me? Okay, so yeah, we can hear you? you. Yeah, so there's the, Alex. Uh, that's yes, the main Ice Age Trinity. Yes, the Ice Age Trinity. Yeah, you got it. Just, just yes. Okay, yeah. Alex agrees. That's okay. Yeah, cool. Okay, cool. Sweet. So my part here was about saints because, um, as touched on earlier. This is our first, really, we're looking at mythologies, but also in kind of a different, to call it something else, religions, really. Because at the time, they were all religions when we looked at the, right. like, uh, you know, Norse mythology was a religion. Now we view it as a mythology. Maybe that's going to be a topic for another discussion. When does mythology become religion? Yeah. Where does that line blur? But that's neither here nor there. Um, I'm looking at saints because this is a monotheistic uh religion that we're looking at for the most part but we still have saints so where do those fit in um kind of in this uh quote-unquote pantheon for lack of a better term so saint has many different meanings and definitions depending on their religion and denomination uh wikipedia sums it up the best i can really find as a saint 
is a person who is recognized as having an exceptional degree of holiness, likeness, or closeness to God. Um, and while the term saint has Christian origins, um, other religions kind of, or religious scholars have more or less kind of adopted the word to refer to certain holy people in other religions or texts, um, like Buddhism, for example. So um, you could have many different cultures and religions that use the word saint, even though maybe their term might be a little bit, like those, those people called saints, their roles might be a little bit different. But um, today I'm focusing on Judeo-Christian uh, saints, um, specifically the uh, Catholics, because they're really the ones in the, under kind of the Christian, Judeo-Christian umbrella who have the most and who take them kind of the more, most seriously. And also um, you hear about them more in, in present day Catholic saints. Nobody else really in other Christian sects really go into having saints, um, except to an extent, I think uh, Latter-day Saints, they kind of talk about it a little bit. But. Okay. So first, the first question I really had was, are saints worshipped? Because, and this is a really hot button issue um, as I worked, yeah. as I uh, kind of worked on this and did some research, like there's some very vehement opinions <laughs> going both ways. <laughs> so according to Catholics, no, they do not worship saints. Um, although to outsiders, it may seem indistinguishable, um, there is a distinct difference. And uh, I also ran into a lot of like people who are Catholics who are like, yes, this is explained perfectly, but this is not what I see my other fellow Catholics doing. They're just straight up worship, worshiping saints. Huh. So, go yeah. ahead. Catholics, they ask saints to intercede exactly. for Exactly. Right? So, praying to a saint is called intercession, because the person praying is asking that saint to intercede on their behalf because that saint is already in heaven with God. Um, and like I said, it's very controversial because most Christian sects equate praying to saints as like idol worship and sees praying to saints to get God's ear as an unnecessary step because we have Jesus as the mediator, really, between yeah. uh, man and God. So, like, what are you doing praying to these saints? They're, they are not Jesus. You know, why are we taking this extra step? Um, if you ask a Catholic, they will say that, no, they are not worshiping saints, rather they are honoring them. And I found some actually really, like, explanations that made a lot of sense if you look at it from the Catholic religion perspective. Um, I saw a lot of comparisons to, like, admiring a, pe a piece of art and how doing so brings honor to the artist. Like, if you look at a painting and think that's an amazing painting, it's, you're complimenting the artist in the same way you can honor a saint is the same as honoring God because you see, oh, like, this is what God them. did for that. Yeah, he made them, and this is what he did for them, and, like, you can see God working in that person's I life. I see. So I thought that was really neat, and it was explained to me by a very attractive priest on YouTube. So I was like, it's true. <laughs> That's true. So asking a saint to intercede for you is the same as asking a friend to pray with you or for you. And I was like, okay, okay when you put it like that, that makes total sense. But then again, like I said, some Catholics will be like, yes, that's right. But my aunt Abigail just will keep praying to Mother Mary and right. just worship her. You know, that kind of thing. And you so, carry around the little statue yeah. of them and stuff. Yeah, and there's the, you know, the paintings and the images and stuff. And it's a, it's deep. There's a lot to, to cover there enough for a whole episode. Um, but I thought I would focus on how you can become a saint in 
five easy steps. So get ready for these. Love How to become a saint. So in the Catholic faith, you must be canonized to be fully recognized by the Vatican as a saint. And I got most of this from um, a great article on the BBC um, and then kind of filled in some gaps uh, with some, some other sources as well. So step one, uh, die. So first you have to die. Okay. Um, Damn it. And I think that's really the easiest part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you have to die first. Because after that, I mean, like, you don't want to have to do much. You just have to die. Um, and then you have to wait at least five years. Um, this allows for emotions immediately following your death to calm down and for your case to be determined objectively. Because when you die, it might be like, oh, now we have to make them a saint. Wait five years, see if you still feel that way. Um, however, the Pope can waive this period. Um, as an example, Pope John Paul II did this for Mother Teresa, who was canonized two years after her death in the late 90s, which I didn't realize that like she's legit a saint. I just kind of yeah. thought people called her Saint Mother she, Teresa. She is a she's very a legit controversial saint. figure. Yeah, and I ran into her a lot in this. Um, step two. So after you've died and waited at least five years, step two, show proof as a life of a servant of God. So after the five-year waiting period, the bishop from your diocese will open an investigation into your life. So during this step, evidence is gathered, as well as witness testimonies. And I'd like to think the bishop like, takes off his bishop hat and puts on one of those um, the Sherlock Holmes hats and gets a double pipe. Because yeah. he's investigating. Yeah. And if there's sufficient evidence of your holiness and virtue in life, the bishop will ask the Congregation for the Causes of Saints uh, to open a case for your sainthood. So gets evidence and takes it to kind of this board, essentially. Um, or committee. So much bureaucracy. Well, welcome to Catholicism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, step number three, show proof of a life of heroic virtue, or in other words, show that you are, that you are venerable. Um, the Congregation for the Causes of Saints will review the evidence from the bishop, um, and this is interesting too, uh, in this Congregation for the Causes of Saints, there will be one person acting as a devil's advocate raising objections to the evidence and that's where that term originated mm. and i thought that was cool i didn't know that um if the congregation approves the case they pass it to the pope who will then decide if you can be called venerable which basically means you have achieved a certain degree of sanctity but you've not been fully canonized at that point basically it's like saying like yes this person is like um like venerable means like um like essentially like holy like yes this person led a very honorable holy virtuous life um but you're not really a saint yet although people can now pray to you for intercession the pope says it's okay now if you ask this dead person you, you know to help okay. <laughs> so after that step four and this is where it gets hard uh and like i said death is the easiest step all you got to do is that this next part's a bit more difficult uh, step four, you have to have as the verified miracles or beatification. Right. So once you have become venerable, the next stage is beatification, which requires at least one verified miracle with evidence that shows that it could not be explained through other through means other than divine intervention. So this would have been something that took place while you were alive, and it was a it was a miracle, like in your in your life. Um, and then at that point you're beatified. And some people just kind of stay in the beatified status. So you can still be like prayed for, for to, to intercede, um, you know, on someone's behalf. But 
Some people just stay beatified. The final step is step five. This is canonization or sainthood, which is also a great Tegan and Sarah album. Uh, for you to reach proper saint status, a second miracle must be investigated and confirmed. And also, this must be from, um, it has to be like prayers due to, it has to be a miracle made from prayers due to you through intercession. Like, so somebody would have okay. paid to you for a miracle and the miracle happened. So, so it proves that you've been interceding, basically. It, exactly. Yes. Um, so this is a miracle done after your death through intercession, you know, by someone praying to you. If this happens and it's verified and it's all cool, you become a saint and you get a feast day with a big celebration. And it's a really big deal. And like the area of your diocese, or in some cases, like state or country or whatever, um, really celebrates it. And then you're a saint. So five easy steps. The last two are kind of hard, but that's yeah. what you're going to see. How many saints are there? There's a lot. I tried to get that number. There's a lot. Um, there's a lot. And they have, have fads also. Um, also, something interesting, the Pope can skip or like condense any number of those steps. He has like ultimate oh, wow. authority. Like if he says this person died, and like tomorrow he's like, "You're a saint," then he's a saint. That's it. Okay. So. So really, you got maybe maybe uh, maybe we could condense it into a two step program where step one get BFFs with the Pope, step two die, and then he does the rest. Exactly. Yeah. Toy with the Pope. Um. And also make sure the Pope is going to have a long enough, like, term as Pope for, like, to get you in. Right. It's kind of maybe yeah. the next. So you might have to do a miracle to save the Pope's life. Worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah. So. But yeah, I, think I, if I, I think if I was, um, uh, you know, if I died and people were talking about making me a saint, I would not want them to do it because that's just more work for me in heaven you know i don't want to be interceding all the time i just uh -huh. want to chill enjoy my eternal reward uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, i'm imagining you know, that's what i can i'm imagining like you know evan almighty or not yeah bruce almighty bruce almighty he turns yeah. all his prayers into um like yahweh instead of yahoo email <laughs> yeah. i'm imagining that right. and your inbox is just like flooded and you're like oh my god yeah yeah I think that's what it's like. It's like, I consider heaven to be me time. Self-care. Hashtag self-care. Self yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, see, I think I, I would, like, I would maybe have, like, maybe, like, the first hundred years or so, I'd be, like, okay. And then for the next, like, okay, eternity, yeah. I'd be, like, I need a part-time job. Yeah. Like, I, I have to do <laughs> Yeah. So, like, next 500, I'd probably be cool with, like, beatified sets, and then I'd be like, all right, sainthood, here we come. Bring it on. And get after it, yeah. 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 Like, time for some miracles. So, first, first 500 years of each, of each, first 100 years, me time, next 500 years of eternity, part time. Yeah. And then we'll go into, into full time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the yeah, rest I'm talking, yeah, I mean, presumably until I retire. Yeah. Yeah, whatever that looks like. So, 
And then, we'll so it's more of a second retirement, really. You could say that. You could say that. Yeah, whatever yeah. the step after sainthood is. So yeah. we'll see. If it's anything like Tegan and Sarah, it'll just be a couple more punk albums, and then we'll kind of go into some like, you know, electro pop. That's a good direction. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. What um, so that's what I have with Saints. Uh, and then if we're ready, I can go straight into the puzzle. Unless you guys had any finishing yeah. thoughts. Okay. Alright, puzzle time. So, put on your thinking hats or whatever the hat is called with the Popewares. And your get your bubble puzzle pipes. Puzzle vestments. <laughs> your, your puzzle vestments. That's right. And time to go to that puzzle cathedral puzzle that's good puzzle cathedral because i was gonna say um like puzzle foyer or um yeah confession booth oh yeah (laughs) and we'll have donuts yes yeah (laughs) the only reason to go to fellowship hall is because of the donuts so once you have all that ready i've got a puzzle they really do because you're hungry. <laughs> like you're hungry, yeah. and you like get. And when you get there first, yep, exactly. That's where it's at. Yeah. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you got your yeah. Litter at that point. Mm-hmm. And ideally, the donuts are like they're not whole donuts; they're cut. So you get like four oh, pieces, yeah. and they're all different donuts. Yeah. But it's the equal one donut. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right, so puzzle. So this one's straight from my arch rival, Puzzle Master Will Shorts, editor for the New York Times Crossword Puzzle. Um, no, he's like, your arch rival. Are you his arch rival? Uh, uh, well, I keep writing to him, but he doesn't answer my letters. <laughs> okay, we're working on that. So it might be a one-sided rivalry for now, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm coming for your shorts. So, my main thing is, what, how come he doesn't spell the end of his name with a Z? I think that would be cooler, but it's whatever. So, I thought he does. I think it's an S. Unless I just wrote that to like kind of get back at Will Shorts. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> he's kind of the Moriarty to my Sherlock, if you will. But I have to keep this <laughs> okay. a little bit. Yeah. It's tying back to Sherlock Holmes. Um, so, I'm going to... Leave. It is with a Z. It is with a Z. Just okay, so. okay. So, I did the S to belittle him a little bit. Okay, that's fine. So, I'm going to list three different words that rhyme with three things that are in the same category and start with the same letter. Say that so, again. I know. I'll give you an example. It's kind of... I had to explain it weirdly. So, the words I give you won't start with the same letter, but the words in the answer will. So, for example, if I give you the clue pays... P-A-Y-S, mover, and guarding, like guard dog, um, you would say Hayes, Hoover, and Harding, because they were all U.S. presidents. So they're all in the same category, and they start with the same letter. Okay. Ooh. And if you need a hint, I'll give you the category Okay. to, to narrow it down. But um, I usually try to group these. Starting with easy, and then we get to more difficult. So but the, let me know the answer can. words rhyme with the clues? They, so the answer rhymes with the clues, and all, all the answer words start with the same letter, and they're in the same category. Okay. So okay. Hayes, Hoover, and Harding were all U.S. presidents. And the clue okay. was Hayes, Mover, and Guarding. 
So I, you'll catch on, I promise. It'll be fun. Okay. Um, I'll give you another example. Um, because some of them are half rhymes. So like, I'll give you another example. Um, if I said havens, shams, and waiters, like W-A-D-E-R-S or W-A-I-T-E-R-S, that would work too. Um, the answer would be ravens, rams, and raiders, all NFL teams. Gotcha. Okay. 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 So we warmed up now. Okay. Let's get put the timer on the clock. And here we go. Number one. Funky, deuce, and house. Pass. Okay. okay. I'm thinking uh, monkey, moose, and what was the third one? House. Mouse. Mouse. Nice. Yes, correct. Monkey, moose, mouse. Mm -hmm. Number two, church, speech, and salsa. Ooh. Oh, I got birch. Balsa, and uh, what was the second one? Beach. Beach. Yeah. Beach, beach and Bollywood. Yes. All right, number three. Squeegees, Gandhi, and Needles. Squeegee, Gandhi, Needle? Squeegee, Gandhi, and Needles. Like Needlepoint, Needles. Squeegees? Squeegees. You know, like, when you're cleaning around, okay. like, eh. yeah. yeah, okay. Is Man. it, like, Bee Gees, Blondies, and Beatles or something? Yes! Ooh, nice! Yes! Okay, next one, number four. Kiwi, Pants, and Disband. Hmm. Ah. Yeah. Kind of a half rhyme in it. Kiwi pants and disband. Kiwi pants and disband. Do you want a hint? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're all countries. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Kiwi. The the middle one's got to be France, right? France, yeah. So you narrowed down the letter now. Oh right. Oh Fiji. Mm -hmm. Maybe Fiji, France, and disband. Disband. It's a half rhymed. Okay. It ends in land. Finland. Yeah, there it is. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Number five. Chug. Yeah. Number five is chug, feudal, and Albanian. Okay. Chug, feudal, Albanian? Like feudal, like F E U D A, like feudal Japan. Oh, okay. I guess it doesn't really make a difference because they sound the same. Cat <laughs> yeah, futile. <laughs> Drug Dalmatian. We're close. <laughs> I don't know how drug fits in there. What was the first one? Chug. Duh. Well, are these like club drugs that you take? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> like dog breeds? Like do 
Yes. Og. Og poodle and bal Dalmatian. Dalmatian. Pomeranian? Yeah. Pomeranian is the Pomeranian Dalmatian mix. Yeah. Yeah. Very cute. That very cute common dog mix, the Palmation. Yes. Number six. Puppy, Jar, and Trooper. Okay. Puppy, Jar, Trooper, Fish. Boom. Got it. Number seven. Almanac. Beaujolais, like the wine, and geyser. Oh, God. Beaujolais? Beaujolais. I've never heard of that word. It's like a dry wine. I'm not a, I'm not a wine drinker. So. Me neither anymore, but it's fun to say. Yeah, it is. This is my cat, Beaujolais. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Give me the three again. I'm sorry. I oh, don't on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Cardi B's new single? Uh, Almanac, <laughs> Beaujolais, and Geyser. You want a hint? Yeah, this is a tough one. They all... Yeah. I think if I give you the category, it'll be really easy, but I'll give you the letter. They all start with C. Okay. Oh man. She gave us the hint and then she left. Oh she's back. She did. Okay. Almanac, Beaujolais, and Geyser. Okay, so Geyser has to be Kaiser, right? No. Oh man. <laughs> okay. Uh hmm. What else could it be? Okay, so you know how Beaujolais kind of ends in this, like French Chrysler, Chevrolet, and uh, what was the first one? Uh, Almanac. Cadillac. Yeah, oh, Cadillac. I know that was the hardest one. So that yeah. only took us five minutes and like thirty-five seconds. Wow, that was fun. Thanks. So that will short. That was the best. That was one of the best uh, puzzle alleys, I think, yeah, in my opinion. Fun. I'll put that on my next letter to Will Schwartz. That made his puzzle better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Cool. All right, cool. Well, that's that's about it for this episode. Uh, that's a wrap. Next week, we're going to kind of wrap up. Uh, going to have some way of concluding. Mm -hmm. We're going to have final exam. Seven episodes. Yeah, we'll have some. We we'll need to do our uh, God draft. Yeah. That's right. We'll we'll it didn't really work out how that would work. Okay. Well, stay tuned and you guys will find out we'll do some what we do yeah. okay cool well thanks for listening we'll see you all next week signing off bye